Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure to be back with a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. However, I'm pretty sad because I am bringing you some shocking news. I'm bringing you some numbers that will shock you. If you are an American taxpayer, you will be shocked to hear what I'm about to tell you. We know that the migrant crisis in the city of New York will cost the taxpayers a lot of money. A lot of money, but how much money are we exactly talking about? Mayor Eric Adams of New York City has claimed that the migrant crisis will cost New York City $12 billion. $12 billion with a B. $12 billion by the year 2025. And that's just a projection. Actual costs may vary. Actual costs costs may be less and could be a lot more. We don't know that yet. $12 billion by 2025, according to Mayor Eric Adams of New York City. That's how much it'll cost New York City. And it's all because of this migrant crisis. And we are in 2023 right now. And this is just for one city out of all cities in the United States. There are many other cities that are suffering because of migrant crisis. Chicago, San Francisco. These are some popular big names. There are so many cities in Texas. Many communities in Texas are suffering because migrants are pouring in. They are crossing the southern border and they are entering the United States looking for sanctuary, looking for shelter. And so Texas, many communities in Texas are also suffering a great deal. There are crises in other places as well. And whenever we talk about the migrant crisis costing taxpayers money, we have to think about the opportunity cost. If $12 billion, if, 12 billion, if a sum of $12 billion is spent on addressing the migrant crisis in New York City, that's $12 million that's, that's being taken away from other areas. $12 billion. How many, how many roads can $12 billion fix? How many bridges can it fix? How many schools? How many schools can be funded with $12 billion? This is taxpayer money. So if $12 billion are being spent on addressing the migrant crisis, then this money, it means that this money is not available for other purposes. And that's opportunity cost. Now, Mayor Eric Adams is requesting the federal government to declare a state of emergency. Let me, let me tell you, my friends, this situation has been created by the government, by the Biden administration. The Biden administration is not enforcing our nation's immigration laws. The border is wide open, which is why people are pouring into the country. Foreign nationals are coming into the United States looking for shelter, looking for sanctuary. If the Biden administration would have secured the border, would have ensured that no foreign national can 
simply walk across the border and enter the United States. If the Biden administration would have secured the border and enforced our nation's immigration laws, we would not have this crisis. So this is a situation that's been created by the liberals. And let's talk about local government at the local level. The liberal politicians in New York City labeled New York as a sanctuary city. So they basically sent a message out to the world that if anyone shows up and looks for sanctuary, looks for shelter in New York, that New York is making a promise to provide shelter, to provide sanctuary. And now New York is stuck with this huge migrant crisis. And and Mayor Eric Adams is requesting the federal government to declare a state of emergency. Now, illegal immigrants are coming in. That's, That's being reported all over the news. Drugs are pouring in. All forms of crimes are taking place because our southern border is not secure. This is a humanitarian crisis at the southern border and in many American cities. The liberals create a crisis and then they ask for a state of emergency. Now, declaring a state of emergency would mean that more money would flow into New York City, a sanctuary city, so that the liberals there can spend more taxpayer funds on migrants. Let's talk about Massachusetts, another northeastern state. What's happening in Massachusetts? The governor of Massachusetts has declared a state of emergency. Why? Because of the surge of migrants. Let me remind you, I'm sure you all know this already, Massachusetts is also a liberal state. That state is also run by liberal politicians. And reportedly, the state of Massachusetts said that there are nearly 5,600 families in the state shelter system. Not 5,600 individuals. This is 5,600 families in the state shelter system. The, The liberal states and cities are like sponges. They are trying to absorb as much taxpayer money as they can, and they are using this migrant crisis as an excuse. If a city wants to be a sanctuary city for illegal immigrants, then that city should be able to handle its own problems. Why does New York City now need taxpayer money from the federal government? What about Texas? Let's talk about Texas. The people in Texas are suffering, but they are not a sanctuary state. Texas is suffering because of the Biden administration's open border policy. And Texas is a border state. So as migrants are flowing in, they are coming into Texas, and the people of Texas, the taxpayers of Texas, are suffering as a result. I will be talking more about this. For anyone who has been listening to my podcast, you probably already know that I've discussed immigration issues a lot um, in my podcast, and I will be talking more about this issue in future episodes. Now let me talk about real estate. 
The real estate market. What an interesting market. Some think that now is a good time to sell your house. If you have a decent house and you put it on the market, you will likely end up getting multiple offers and perhaps your house will sell for more money than the initial price tag. That's what a lot of people think. I was talking to someone not too long ago, and this is a woman who is considering selling her house, but she's a little hesitant, and there's a reason for that. She feels that if she lists her house on the market, she's pretty confident that she'll get a good price. But then she's afraid that when she's looking for another house, she may end up paying a higher price for the house that she wants to buy. And so on one hand, she may be able to sell her house for pretty good money at a pretty good price, but then when she's buying another house, she may end up paying more for that. And and so this this whole issue is making her not go forward with selling her house. So she's deciding to stay where she's at. And a lot of people are actually confused right now. I have lots of realtor friends, and it's it's great to see that they are doing great business. And it, it's it, the market, obviously, there's so much of conversation about the market right now. But for a lot of buyers and sellers, it's a very confusing time. If you're not a real estate professional, if you're just a homeowner looking to sell your house, or if you're somebody who is looking at the market, looking for a new property, this is actually a very confusing time, I think. And this is my opinion. So the the issue is, if you sell your house for a high price, you may also have to buy another house for a higher price. So why sell unless you absolutely have to? There are a lot of people with tremendous amounts of cash in the bank, and they may have an advantage. Cash always gives people an advantage, no matter what you're trying to buy. But not everyone has a lot of cash sitting idle in the bank. Think about the first-time home buyer, a person who is working hard and, and trying to buy the first house. It is, it is really a steep hill to climb in this economy. If you are looking to buy your first house, this may be a, a very difficult time because of mortgage rates and because of the, the price of homes. Climbing a hill might be easier compared to buying a house right now. Once again, that's that's my assessment, that's my observation, and your opinion may, may be quite different. Yes, there are transactions taking place every single day, that's for sure. Houses are being bought, houses are being sold, and it's happening every single day. But it's about the, the young adults. Think about the young adults, the young professionals. These are people in their 20s and in their 30s, and they are actually struggling. Unless somebody in 
you know, in, in their 20s or 30s, unless somebody has a tremendous advantage, unless somebody has a lot of money that's uh, sitting in the bank, most people are struggling, I think. No matter how challenging things may get, people get motivation to work hard if they see hope. If, if consumers feel that there's hope, that there's light at the end of the tunnel, then it gives people motivation. Our only hope right now, I think, is November 2024. November 2024, and I say that because that's when the presidential election will be held. That's when we have an opportunity to elect a new president. The economy is not in a very good shape overall, and I've talked about it before, and I will keep talking about it. The Americans are suffering because of inflation. Energy price, energy prices are high, and supply chain issues still continue. And there's so much of uncertainty in this economy. And so 2024, November 2024, is an opportunity for Americans to elect a new president. And with a new president, we will have the opportunity to change the direction of the country. We are on the wrong track right now. We are on a path that leads to more economic struggles. And that's why I, I say that our only hope is to elect a new president and to change the direction of the country, to change the direction of the economy. The debate is coming up, the presidential debate, the GOP debate. The first GOP presidential debate, it's going to be taking place right here in Wisconsin, in the city of Milwaukee, August 23rd. Please mark that date on your calendar. It's a very important debate, and I will be paying a lot of attention to the debate. I want to hear the candidates present their ideas on how, how to fix the problems that we are facing right now. Number one, how are we going to deal with the border crisis? How are we going to address that? Number two, how are we going to achieve energy independence? Number three, how will we improve the education sector? Number four, how will we approach international relations? Number five, how can we improve the economy? Number six, how can we ensure that our communities are safe and strong? The list of questions is very long. There are so many issues that we have to think about. You know, here are some other questions. How are we going to combat crime? How will we improve our healthcare sector? What can we do to ensure a strong workforce? These are all questions that we have to pay attention to. And I hope that all of these topics will come up during the debate. And there will be more than one debate. But the first one is so very important because I think a lot of Americans, after they watch the first debate, they, they may have opinions regarding who they are going to vote for. I think the first impression is extremely important. That's why the August 23rd debate, which will take place in the city of Milwaukee, here in the beautiful state of Wisconsin, it's such an important debate. There are many more topics to discuss, and I will be paying attention to the first debate. 
and it's coming up very soon. My friends, with that, I will conclude today's episode. Thank you for continuing to listen to my podcast. If you have any questions, please let me know. You can send me a message by going to my website, tossifanam.net, and you can also connect with me on social media. I appreciate you continuing to listen to my podcast, and I hope to be back again soon with a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam.